Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. The NFL is king. And for me, the first place every morning I go to when I wake up way too early to get my football information is Pro Football Talk. And there's a lot of good information out there. It is the first stop. It is the best stop for me and the guy behind it, Mike Florio, the best in the business, on a very busy Football Monday, graciously making some time. Mr. Florio, happy Monday. Good morning. Thanks for being here, man. Hey, how are you, pal? Good to talk to you, as always. So let's dive into this. Now, what Brock Purdy, you know what? Like We tend to be a society that overreacts to everything, to your expert eye. What's the right takeaway from Mr. Irrelevant having a really nice performance, especially first half yesterday, against the Bucks? I think we should put him in the Hall of Fame, right? <laughs> yeah, let's I mean, go. That's what we do. Look, the reality is this. He's now played two games. With each passing game, there'll be more film on Brock Purdy. That isn't as problematic for him as it is with other quarterbacks because it's the Kyle Shanahan system. It's not a quarterback who has some specific skill set that as there's more and more film, defenses will be more adept at figuring out what he does well and taking it away what he does poorly and forcing him to do the things he doesn't want to do. He's got weapons around him, although one fewer weapon now with Debo Samuel out, but Christian McCaffrey had a huge game yesterday, 140-plus yards from scrimmage and a couple of touchdowns. So it, it, when you have great defense, when you have great skill position players, you don't have to be Dan Marino in his prime. And Brock Purdy was very efficient. He looked good when he had to. He ran the ball in for a touchdown. And he, he, he provides a little bit of a spark. And you hear players saying great things about him. Nick Bosa says we've got a quarterback now. You know, at a time when we don't know what Trey Lance is ever going to be, we don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to return. Tom Brady had been interested in joining the 49ers a couple of times over the past few years. They may have just stumbled onto the guy with the last pick in the draft who can become – their long-term answer, or at least as long-term of an answer as they're ever going to have as they migrate through what's going to be a post-Jimmy Garoppolo existence. Mike, you just hit on what I want to ask you about, the uncertainty of Trey Lance. And so I'm going to circle back knowing there's not a lot of clarity, but if Trey Lance can, can stay healthy, do you or, or people in San Francisco, is there a, a sense of what his ceiling can be? given the success we've seen from every quarterback Shanahan has touched as a coordinator or head coach? Yeah, I think the ceiling is he can be the guy that takes them to the Super Bowl and wins it. They became, I believe, disenchanted with Jimmy Garoppolo for two reasons. One, he can't stay healthy. And, of course, 
Trey Lance breaks his ankle in his second game in his first year as the unquestioned starter. But also Garoppolo in Super Bowl 54 against the Chiefs, he had an opportunity to make what I call a championship throw. We saw in consecutive Super Bowls, 53 and 54, Jared Goff in 53 and Garoppolo in 54. Championship on the line, the throw you wait your whole life to make, the opportunity arises, the cloud parts, the heavens open. All you got to do is make that throw. Not that it's an easy throw to make, but that's the throw that makes you a champion. And he missed Emmanuel Sanders when Sanders was open for a touchdown that would have put the 49ers ahead late. Now, Patrick Mahomes may have taken the Chiefs right down the field and still won the game, but you have to ask yourself, is this the guy that pushes you over the top? And I remember Tom Brady before Super Bowl 54 was on the Westwood One pregame show with Jim Gray, and he made a comment about Garoppolo along the lines of, we're going to find out what he's made of, and we did. So I think that's what the 49ers believe Trey Lance can be, the guy who makes that big throw in the big spot, the guy that they can groom into a combination of he runs the Kyle Shanahan offense and he can run the ball when running the ball is required. Shanahan typically doesn't like that. He wants everything to be very scripted and controlled. So I think that's what they see in Lance if they ever get a chance for him to to show what his ceiling is and that he can get there. But – having Brock Purdy around as the plan B is a pretty damn good thing for them. So they can give Lance a chance to get healthy and develop. And if it just doesn't work, you've got Purdy. And, uh, I, you know, so far so good. Four games left in the regular season and a postseason to come, but so far so good. Mike Flory on the show. Mike, at the risk of, of overreacting to a, to a single weekend in the NFL, outside of the Eagles, you got the, a Vikings team that lost to Detroit. The Niners team we just discussed is, is down to Brock Purdy and Debo is injured. Uh, a Bucks team that, by, by just virtue of their division, still has a path forward. A Cowboys team that struggled to beat the, the Texans but, but, but beat them. How many teams do you look at in the NFC and you say to yourself, that team is clearly capable of coming out of the NFC and being in the Super Bowl? 49ers, Buccaneers, and maybe, 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 if the Packers or the Lions end up week 18, winner gets in, loser goes home, whoever gets in as the last wild card maybe could make things very interesting because both teams would be hot at the right time. The Packers have to get hotter. They won one game going into the bye. They have four left. The Lions are very hot right now. But I think the 49ers will travel well. That defense will carry them into the postseason on a high note. And I think they could beat the Eagles in Philadelphia if and when it comes to it. So I'd say Eagles, 49ers, Packers, Lions, if one of them gets in, and the Bucks, because Tom Brady is capable of slipping into that old-school Patriots mode. We saw it last Monday night with less than five minutes to play. In those moments, he becomes that guy again. The years melt away. The problem is getting to those moments. Didn't get to those moments yesterday because it was 35 nothing before we even knew what was happening. You take away that ability for Brady to save the day, and you don't have to worry about him doing it. So I think if the Bucks get in, he could be very dangerous because he thrives in those moments. He's got 47 career playoff games. 47! So uh, if he gets number 48, he's going to be dangerous. If he gets number 49... He's going to be dangerous, and, and who knows what he'll do. I, I, I like chaos, and I'd like to see the Panthers run the table and win that division, but I think the Buccaneers, they have the ability to win in the playoffs if they can just get there. Mike, do you, and I know this is guesswork, and we've been asked about Tom Brady's 
would-be retirement for what feels like 30 years now. But best guess, you had to guess today, do you get the sense he's going to play football again next season? Well, two weeks ago, after they lost to the Browns, they were up 17-10, to 10. they gave up a late touchdown, and then they lost in overtime. Tom Brady said on his podcast, I would rather play and lose than not play at all. And I thought, wow, maybe this guy really is going to play another year. I mean, to the extent that his wife, now ex-wife, was the primary impediment to him keeping his career going because she had been on him for several years, as she had every right to do. I mean, you know, the guy's been playing football all these years. It's time to move on with your life, and she wants him to do it, and now she's not part of his life. If he wants to keep playing football, he can keep playing football. So I thought as of two weeks ago, maybe he is really going to keep going. And I still think that now. And I, I, there was a report from NFL media over the weekend that I have no reason to doubt that all options are on the table. You wait and see what happens. See how this season ends. Does he go back to Tampa? Maybe. He's wanted to play for the 49ers. 2020, he wanted to play for them. They were his first choice, and they said, no, thank you. I believe earlier this year, he was sniffing around about possibly unretiring and playing for the 49ers. And I believe they once again said, no, thank you. Will he do it again? Well, with Brock Purdy playing well, maybe they'll once again say, no, thank you. You know, it was funny. People thought it was weird that he, that he hung around and yucked it up with some 49ers players after the game and signed a football that Dre Greenlaw intercepted. I was thinking, well, maybe future teammates. Right? <laughs> He's doing a little, advanced, a little advanced locker room politicking by uh, signing these footballs and being nice to these guys because he may be on the same team with them come March. Love it. Mike Florio uh, here on the show. Mike, on the other side, at least in my eye, I, I mean, almost every team in the AFC playoff picture, to me, you can you can easily make a case for it. Let me ask you about one of them to start off here. Uh, are you still buying Dolphins stock if that's available? Well, you know, the, the Dolphins fans are really quiet today. I, I, I They're usually flooding my timeline with insults about <laughs> their perception that I hate Tua Tonga Bailoa. You know, God forbid he wasn't good last year and people pointed out that he wasn't good last year. And when you say someone who isn't playing well isn't playing well, that apparently means that you personally dislike them and you hate them and you want them to leave the sport and never return. I mean, he's gotten dramatically better this year. Things have been going very well. We've seen two straight games now where he has not played well. And people were willing to call last week an aberration. Well, what was last night? A second aberration? At a certain point, aberration, 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 that becomes the trend. And look at what they have to do. And I'm not a big fan of some of these scheduling quirks that create competitive disadvantages. Two straight games in California. Sunday night, got to pack it up, fly back to Miami. And then on Friday, got to go to Buffalo. Meanwhile, the Bills are home the whole time, the last, you know, the last two games. They didn't have to travel from anywhere back to Buffalo after yesterday's win over the Jets. That really puts the Dolphins in a hole, and it's going to be cold, and it's going to be snowy. And is Tua Tagovailoa going to be able to perform in that circumstance? And when you look at what the Bills did physically to Mike White yesterday, is that going to be good for Tua Tagovailoa? So you look at their remaining schedule. They've got the Packers on Christmas Day after this game against Buffalo. They play the other two teams in the division after that, the Patriots and then the Jets. And, and Sims and I, Chris Sims, who's on PSC Live with me three days a week in season, he, he, he and I were talking about this last week. One of these great teams in the AFC – great as of a couple of weeks ago with an inflated record, they're going to just tumble out of it altogether. And would it surprise me at this point if the Dolphins tumble out of it and don't even make it to the postseason after their great start? It will not surprise me. 
Mike Florio on the show. Mike, let me ask you the same question about the AFC that I asked you earlier about about the NFC. When, when you look at that playoff picture, how many of those teams do you think are constructed in a way that, again, would not shock you if they made a, a run to the Super Bowl? Well, Bills and Chiefs, obviously. Bengals have to be taken seriously. Now, we start to go beyond the three big ones. You know, the Ravens, I think, are constructed to be very competitive and win games in a tough, grinded-out way in January if they can keep their key players healthy. The Chargers, if, if they can – again, so much of this is if they can keep their players healthy. Some teams do and some teams don't, and some of it's luck and some of it isn't luck. Some of it's institutional. Some of it's your training methods, your flexibility, your strength and conditioning, the things you do to allow guys to withstand the wear and tear and keep going. But I, I really do think serious contenders in the AFC, it's down to Bills, Chiefs, Bengals. And the game to watch, Monday Night Football in December, you never know what you're going to get because by the time you've played all those games, what looked good in April ends up looking not good. And by next year, there's going to be some limited flex available for Monday Night Football in December. The last Monday Night game of the year, Bills at Bengals, January 2nd. I think that's going to decide number one seed in the AFC. If the Bills win, they'll be the one seed. If the Bengals win, the Chiefs will likely be the one seed unless the Bengals can pick up a game on the Chiefs because the Bengals hold that tiebreaker over Kansas City. I think that one seed is going to be critical because if the Bills can finally win it and force other teams to come to them, makes it a lot easier for the Bills to go to the Super Bowl for the first time since 1993. Mike Florio, last question for you. In a world, especially in sports, especially in the NFL and football, where there's not a lot of patience, how much do you personally need to see to feel like you can make a fair evaluation of Jeff Saturday and his coaching ability? Well, I think you need more than the rest of an interim season. I don't think that's enough to evaluate. And then that goes back to the questions that were raised when he got the job. Should he be the interim coach when he has no college or pro coaching experience? Is it an affront to the people who have been working in the industry, getting the experience? That game a couple of weeks ago, the mismanagement of the clock, the final drive against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and tick, 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 tick. And he initially said, I, 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 don't, I don't have any second thoughts. And then the next day he said, yeah, I probably should have called a timeout. Th- that comes from experience. And you can gain that experience by being on a staff, by seeing how it goes, by being in the meetings when things are dissected the day after the game. So I just don't think he has enough experience, and I think he just needs more experience to figure out whether or not he is good enough to be the coach of the team. And at the end of the day, there's only one guy that matters. It's Jim Irsay. And and I said the moment he got the job, this guy wants to hire him as the full-time coach. And I think that Ursay will, will make a glass-half-full argument no matter what they do the rest of the way, that Jeff Saturday deserves an opportunity to be the team's head coach. And it will not surprise me at all if he is when the dust settles on the hiring cycle for 2023. Mike Florio, the man behind Pro Football Talk, Twitter at Pro Football Talk. Mike, as always, I know these are busy days. I love having you on, man. I appreciate you making the time. Great talking to you, pal. Have a good one. You too, dude. Mike Florio on the show. That dude is the, I'm, he's gone. He can't hear. He's the best in the business. That guy is so good at his job. And he's honest and he's candid and really like and appreciate having him on the program. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.